<laughs> we have Bruce live in the locker room in Tallahassee celebrating on the field with the Fleurs. <laughs> And, and I don't know why, like, we were able to run the ball so well in the first half, to, especially to the left side, and then all of a sudden we started to abandon it. And like I said, it, there is some inconsistency. How are they going to approach this game? How are they going to beat this Florida State team? Well, we're going to break you guys. Um, and, and okay, I, that's it. The show is over. In, 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 in the story, we're going to break you guys. Look, and, and I, I'm joking, but it's true. Lord, the climb, the climb continues, KB. Oh my okay. God! I am sweating. I am... Look, look at my heart. Look, I, look, I, look, look, look. You know what? Yeah, I, I have so much to say. All right, and welcome back to another episode of Central Sideline 65. Thank you for being with us, and uh, we're here once again. I am KB alongside me, as sometimes always, not this past Saturday, but mostly every episode is the old man. We hope you all are doing well. Old man, how's it going in Florida? Uh, Good, actually. Uh, There is a tropical storm it's not tropical storm. It's going to be some heavy rains and stuff like that. It's supposed to be uh, blowing in here from that hurricane that crossed over Mexico. It's crossing through the Gulf. So we're getting some much needed rain, though. So other than that, the weather's actually been uh, uh, pretty good, pretty damn good. So everything's good. Awesome. Glad to hear that. Glad to hope you all out there are doing well. Uh, like I said, we have three big things we're going to talk about tonight. First of all, we're going to put a bow on top of the Virginia tech game. The old man was there. He tried to call in uh, during the post game reaction show. And uh, if you were here for that, uh, you may have seen minor technical issues with that. Uh, he, he, he had to get out of the Wi-Fi zone of, of the Florida state stadium before he could actually get to work, which was really as soon as I got off of the reaction. So he'll give us his breakdown of the experience at Florida state. Cause uh, I haven't been able to get to a game since, you know, I live up North. And uh, I'm not willing to pay a thousand dollars for a, a hotel room in Tallahassee. Um, just I just can't make that economically work um, right now. But, uh, <laughs> but he'll tell us the game day experience. And uh, if you were there, if you've been there recently, let us know your comments uh, as he's going through that. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the the recent news of Winston Wright's departure from the team. If we see any immediate impact and what that means for uh, going forward for the offense, uh, so let us know your comments about that as we discuss that too. And, uh, and then we'll dive into our preview of the Syracuse game, give our thoughts on that matchup and our predictions for that game heading into Saturday. Um, so thanks again for joining us, guys. Give us your comments as we go through these things. Let us know uh, your feedback, comments, thoughts, uh, and we'll break them down. So tell us, old man, how was the Virginia Tech experience since we didn't get to talk to you this past Saturday? Well, I'll give you, first of all, what I thought of the game, then I'll tell you about the experience. Well, I might as well start with the experience because that happened Part first. That happened first. Um, uh, let's see. Um, we went over early Saturday morning, about three hours from the stadium. Yeah. Okay. So we got up early. We wanted to be there around 1030-ish, maybe 11, you know. So we got up early enough and and started driving around 8 o'clock, 830 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And there was light traffic, actually. And you're rolling 80, 85 miles an hour, to be honest. Yeah. And there was not really any many cops out on I-10. And so we, we get there. We pick up a couple of sub sandwiches at the Publix, which I had put in a certain direction to a Publix. But we must have passed two Publixes before we hit the other one because 30 minutes out, we ordered sandwiches to save time. Because the big thing when you're going into an area like Tallahassee where there's going to be 65, 70,000 people – Getting parked is my greatest concern when going to a game. So what happened is we get the sand. We had to get the sandwiches, 
And then we backtrack a little bit going on, I think it was Thomasville Road. Everybody knows Tallahassee, they're going to know Thomasville Road. And we get in and we're going to park up around the Tucker Center. Okay, that's the basketball center, event center, blah, blah, blah. So initially, pull down, I have to go down. uh, what the hell is the name? I can't There's a street that parallels the car. And I go down and there's someone sitting there and I say, can I get in this entrance? They go, no, you got to go down all the way to the light, turn left, come back around. And so we come back around thinking we're going to get in to the Tucker Center lot. And then the cops go, no, it's all filled up. It's 1030 in the morning for a 330 kick. Wow. And I'm going like, well, okay. Well, where can I go? The guy goes, go up the street towards the state capitol. Yeah. And and there's a lot there that's a state government lot. And so we go up there and it's 10 bucks, which I expected. That's better than 50 yeah, bucks. When you, yeah, when you get closer down by the frat houses, God only knows how your car would be okay there with the <laughs> vomit all over it or whatever. But we get into that lot and we had a good space there, actually a side spot. We could uh, tailgate right there, which we did. Yeah. We pulled out a couple of folding chairs. Uh, we had our sandwiches. We had our drinks, you know, and, and we were undercover and that was good. Or you could go out on the grass. So that worked out good. A real good spot. Now we were parked at about 1030 or 11 and um, uh, we were about a mile from the stadium. Now, mm. I'm not a spring chicken, but we do walk a lot. So a mile for us really wasn't a concern. Three miles would not be a concern, okay? But for a lot of people, it is a big concern. And they're not running any shuttles out of that area. Just We were just above the Tucker Center in this lot, okay? Mm-hmm. Years before, and I talked to a couple of fans, years before the Tucker Center for uh, uh, like five bucks, you could get on a bus and it would take you in a uh, its own lane to beat the traffic all the way to the stadium and drop you off. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And and then after the game, you come out and get on the bus. and They bring you back. They're not running this anymore. Some guy said he checked into it, too. And they, got, they said, well, uh, no, we haven't been doing that since COVID. <laughs> hey, clue. COVID is over. Okay, <laughs> COVID is over unless you talk to Travis Kelsey and uh, Taylor Swift about COVID shots. Well, no, I'm not getting into this. I don't want this banned on YouTube. Can uh, we move forward? Uh, you know, but to use an excuse of COVID, come on, you know. So that wasn't running. So the biggest thing about the tailgate is this. So you're drinking. We're having a couple of beers, you know. And we're eating our sandwiches and everything. Drinking responsibly. Drinking responsibly. Drinking responsibly. uh, You know, Mick Ultras. And they go down smooth. You don't even feel them. You don't even feel them. Basically colored water. Yeah, I mean, that's what my partner said. (laughs) She said, that's like, you didn't even feel anything. And so, but when you drink a couple of those, guess what? You got to use the restroom. Now, here is the problem. (laughs) it wouldn't have been a problem for me because there was some trees and high bushes. And if I had to go, then I'm going to unzip. I they mean, just think that they may have thought you were like a vagrant at your age, just pissing on the trees. No, 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 no. There are other tailgaters. No, no, it would have been yeah. cool. There's no one there. All the cops were going to their, uh, their directional spots, the traffic. So, so we finished up and we said, okay, let's head to the stadium because the stadium's open. At worst case, you're going to get a bathroom in there. And we were still like, it was like quarter to two, two o'clock. So yeah. you had plenty of time. Kicks at 3.30, which it didn't kick to about 3.45. Anyways, so we go down the street. You walk straight to the stadium. It's straight shot down. Of course, you're going past frat houses and a lot of that crap's going on. And God, a lot of people were walking up the street, I guess, to go to parties or whatever. So it's getting so my partner really needs to go. Okay. She is having almost a problem. So you go by the big RV lot in the Tucker center. They had one porta potty one. So I guess they figure everybody's going in their RVs, but there was a line of 10 people, one porta potty. That is outrageous really. And they charge those people $200 a piece to park in there. Wow. So, we go on down the street. We run into a CVX. 
a CVS, you know, drugstore, yeah. CVS drugstore. I see people coming and going. I'm saying this could be a good thing. So I told I told my partner Liz, I said, go in there. And Liz goes in there, and I don't see her for a while. I'm saying this is a good sign. And then she does come out and she said, Yeah, they had a restroom in there that you could use. But she said the line was so deep, it was like 10 women trying to get into a one hole, you know, one hole bathroom. And she said, she told the ladies, listen. If I don't get in here quick, there's going to be a crappy situation. So they yield to the elderly and she got to go in ahead of the line. So there was some very nice salute out to those nice ladies. If you were in the CVS around two o'clock. And then I said, well, hell, I might as well go in there. And sure enough, the men only had like two in line. Yeah. The CVS there was, was good. So we scoped that out for the future. And we even had a mounds bar to, okay. uh, right. to right. do a little business, do a little all business. Right. Right. And then we got out and we started the walk down towards the stadium. And, uh, you know, all the tailgate was going on and all this other stuff was going on. And, and then we breezed into the stadium. You know, we had our digital tickets. You got to have it, your digital ticket and you on the phone. And uh, we went in, no problems. We had our, you got to have a clear plastic bag. It cannot be anything else. Can't be any purses. It's got to be a clear plastic bag as most stadiums do now. We got in, no problem. And and then uh, we checked out the bathrooms right away. And the bathroom uh, uh, experience for us was they were large and they were clean. And that was throughout the game for us, okay? And our seats were on the 50 yard line, 76 rows up. And uh, besides, uh, I thought that was really good. It was really hot. It was like a summer day. They said it was going to be a cold spell. It, it was really warm there. So any fans that were there, they know it was really warm. And, and one lady couldn't even sit on the, uh, what are they? It's aluminum seating, you know, the yeah. metal aluminum seating. She made her husband go get a seat, rent a seat because she couldn't sit on the, on the metal. That's how hot it was. Yeah. And so we stayed down in the shade for a while and then we popped back out around 3.15. It didn't kick off for another 30 minutes because of what other games or whatever. Uh, it yeah, it was uh, what other game. I was watching the, yeah, I forget which game it was, but it was yeah. down to the wires. So they, they kicked yours back. So I was watching the other game uh, and they kicked y'all's back because it went, uh, I think it went into overtime, but I forget what game it was. Most um, of the times they kick off on time though. No, you but, know? but they are on the same network. It, but, uh, yeah, mostly they do and they kick it over to another one, but two games went over went over on time and I think they were trying to figure out. So you push the floor state. Game okay. Game, okay. So, I mean, we had great seats. You could see the game really well. Okay. You could see the yeah. game really well. And, uh, and that worked out really good. Now, besides what we call the seat hoppers, right. Okay. And it was family day. It was yeah. family day. So the yeah. seat hoppers, the seat hoppers were there, meaning that one kid has a ticket and wants to sit with, eight of his friends, right? Or yeah. or something like that. So they all crowd in and try to just grab whatever seats they can. And they look at you like you're stupid when you say, that's not your seat, dude. They look at you like, is this guy going to get aggressive? Who's going to leave first? Well, uh, we had ours staked out. But it's like other people who don't go to many games, older people, middle-aged, older people you, going like, you. what the hell? No, I've been to plenty of games. So I know what goes on. And they were saying, what is this? Why are so many? I said, hold your seat, sit in the middle of your seat. These people are seat hoppers. And that's what they were. Okay. And then everything went well, except for when the college girl in front, who was probably a freshman and, and a bunch of guys who brought in red uh, little liquor bottles by the second quarter, she had thrown up on a row in front of her there, two rows in front of us. Okay. And, 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 her parents, who were there too, were kind of laughing, like, "Oh, that's so so cool. We used to do shit like that." I'm going, "Like, what the hell is going on here?" Uh, and finally, the lady next to us, I said, "Are you going to come back next year?" She goes, "My son's over in the dorm. He didn't even come to the game. He doesn't even want to hang out with us." That's oh mother God. and father. And she goes, "I'm not coming back to this circus again. I'm not doing that." 
And her daughter goes to the University of Florida. She goes, well, we'll see if it's a better experience down there. I said, no, it's the same shit show. Don't worry about it. Okay. And then her husband was really cool. He goes, oh, I kind of like this. This is kind of (laughs) cool. So overall, overall, which I think is going to lead, you know, overall, I thought, uh, I thought Florida State played good. The first quarter, they were blowing everybody out. I said, they're going to easily beat the spread. The second quarter, it went dormant, you know, and and then we kicked the ball off. And, you know, the kickoff uh, coverage teams, they don't worry about anything because it's usually nobody returns it. So they yeah. fell asleep. The guy takes it all away and we got a game going. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I was a little disappointed in, in that aspect. I didn't think we were a, a what I call a dominant team in that game. We didn't cover the spread. We were two points short. And I think that's something – that I, I I don't see the dominance. I was glad to see Trey Benson, as you said in your post game. Trey Benson had 200 yards, had a great he game, had a dominating performance. Yeah, he had a dominating game. I thought the offensive line opened some pretty pretty good holes. I thought that was really good. I was glad to see that uh, the defense was getting off the field. I thought that was good. But did I think it was a total overall dominating experience? I didn't feel that way. And yeah. and so overall, it was great. Uh, we left the stadium, had a good backdrop. I was trying to call you in the post game, and that was disappointing. But that's one of the complaints about the Doke is the Wi-Fi, you know? Well, and, yeah. And I'll the let you lead into, into this. The reason I wanted your experience since you had you were there this weekend is because Corey Clark went on a bit of a rant this weekend, which many people, you know, liked. Uh, it's, <laughs> there, apparently there was an 82-post thread on Warshan.com, where people are just which I read, just comp- like burning down the game operations at Doke. Everything from you know from the game day experience, the video board on how they're just like highlighting punting stats the entire game, where you can't hear the marching cheese because they just blare like music well, me, the entire game. Yeah, let me address a couple of these as you go. Okay, yeah. you said first of all the video board game. I, I do agree with the fans there or whoever made the statement that they used to in, in past years, you know how you you're interested in other big game scores across the country. Yeah. You know, we're a top five team. We're number four. You're interested in that. They don't, they, I didn't see any of that. I didn't yeah. hear, they used to call out the scores really cool. Yeah. You know, the fans would react, but they did. They had all these goofy ass statistics. Well, up. The Texas people Oklahoma really was going on. You know, Texas Oklahoma, yeah. that affects Florida State. If Texas, you know, loses, yes. and Florida State moves up, right? Like, Yeah, so I agree with that criticism on that. The marching chief thing, yeah, they play all this rap music, you know, very often instead of having the chiefs fire up and do some of their stuff, you know. Yeah. So it, I, I agree with those two, those two criticisms. Yeah, so – yeah, like you said, no updating the fans on stats they care about. Apparently, getting the game is a nightmare. Like you said, other people in the threads are bringing up, like, yeah, the marching sheet, there's no, like, on third down, there's no prompt to get the fans into it. It's just, like you said, music playing. And, you know, you know, I, it's been a year or two since I've been there. I I don't tend to look at, you know, I don't remember these things, but you know, I think probably the older people like yourself, probably pick up on these things and probably i will as i'm getting older pick up on some of these game day atmospheres but there was a well, lot of go people- back to that one go uh, kb go back to the one about traffic cops uh, and, and that reminds me so we're walking across the street going to the stadium and everybody's standing there and cars are turning in and out there's two cops sitting there waiting and finally no one said anything i turned to the cop i said can we go across and you know what he says he's not even stopping he goes well it's at your own risk I'm like, what? <laughs> and so I said to him, I said, I guess I'll take the risk. And when I went, 50 other people start crossing the street. But I'm going like two cops are standing there. He's telling me it's at my own risk. What yeah, the yeah. <laughs> you know, but the the snack bar, there was a comment about the snack bars. Yeah. Now we had a snack bar on our uh, you know, I had to come down about I don't know, 40 steps, and then you go in. That's cool. You go into the snack bar, which is totally in the shade and everything. And I had to stand in line probably, I don't know, 10 minutes at least, 10 to 15 minutes to get a a cup. No, I I didn't have a complaint about that. A lot of people did. 
uh, to get a couple beers and I asked for peanuts. They said, we're out of peanuts. So I had my two beers and up I went. I didn't think it was out of the ordinary for as many pro or college games I've been to. Now back to the bathrooms, the bathrooms on our level two, I thought were fine, but people have been complaining about bathroom operation. They were big, they were large, and they were, uh, there were plenty, uh, plenty, uh, plenty clean in the ones we had, which was in, uh, uh, hell, section nine, section nine up on the row 76 style. I just think the only point to this, as we're, you know, just to put a ribbon on this, this topic yeah. is that as, as the sport becomes more professionalized in terms of NIL and you're putting stadium renovations to add more capacity. And as you're trying to compete with other programs or time and attention, da 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 is that all these little things matter. And this isn't something that Mike Norvell and, and them control, but this is on game day operations and the AD to say, if we're going to expect our fans to travel, because Tallahassee is a tiny place. It I, is. Probably 90% of the people that come to the games are out with outside. I forget what stat they had it up at one of the, yeah. the big meetings is like 80 yeah. plus percent probably travel or from 50 plus miles out that travel to these games. And these people are paying eight, nine hundred thousand dollars on a weekend. Like they expect hotel rooms were going for seven, eight hundred yeah. bucks. They people expect a premium experience when they come. They don't expect when they get to a game for there to be out of peanuts. They don't expect to be treated like trash when they're trying to cross the street. Like, you know, they want to come and if they're gonna spend all this money for two nights, spend a thousand dollars at some two-star hotel. Um, you know, all these little things matter because they may not come back when you know, you're having a struggling season, right? You know, things are good now, so people are willing to spend the money. But, you know, if things go haywire for a year, they may not spend that same money if the game day operations aren't right. You know, so it's all about – I agree with you. I agree. a good memory, people said, so they want to always come back no matter what's happening on the field, right? You you know, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you. You know what was weird is, like, the couple next to me, their son, they came there for family weekend – to go to the game with her son, he didn't even want to leave the dorm room. He's probably on his Xbox or some shit, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and then there were two old people behind us who were there as grandparents to some student who was over in the student section, wasn't even sitting with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and it's like, they left. They left at halftime. Yeah. It was, they, they, you know, as you get older, to do these events is much harder to do much less the expenses that you're talking about in what's going on. Well, I think, and, and it's, you know, like you're competing too with television. You're competing with the TV. You're competing with people who, you know, can have a premium experience from their couch. And uh, so, yes, you know, yes. so that's why the NFL teams invest, well, outside of where I live in DC, like they don't invest in the game day experience. And that's why people don't show up to those games. But you know, some of these NFL stadiums are focusing so much on the fan experience, the stadium experience around the stadium. And I think Tallahassee has done a better job of building out around the stadium. I just hope that they invest inside the stadium, not just adding bleachers, but adding to the fan experience inside. And so that, like you said, people don't complain about these things so that, you know, they invest as much as Mike Norvell and everyone, you know, the, you know, are in players and the facilities and getting the program back to where it needs to be that they don't forget about the operational side. But I think we can yeah. put a bow on that because I think that's just, that is as important as the, the product on the field. Cause that will make you money too, right. To invest everywhere else. Um, yeah. So on that, uh, let's go on to our next topic, which is Winston, Wright. So Winston, Wright, That news broke. What uh, we're on Wednesday, a couple of uh, days Monday ago, Wednesday, uh, so he's a party. Well, he's a part of the team. He's no longer on the roster. Um, and I, I don't think this is necessarily a surprise. Um, limited minutes on the field, also limited targets because the slot, the slot so far this season has been totally utilized to uh, its fullest extent. Some, some would say um, between, I think between him, Dustin Hill um, and the rest of the slot receivers, I think they have a total of six, six receptions overall. And we saw Dustin Hill, make a hell of a catch on, on this past Saturday. Um, you know, and what's, uh, what's the right had to battle back uh, from a hell of an injury uh, last year. And and I think it's just a miracle in itself that he was able to get back to full strength or full health and be able to compete on the field and, and get back on the field uh, like he did for the LSU game at all. And I think what we were looking for, his biggest contribution was 
you know, when, when we lost Micah would be, could he compete, you know, in the kick return games? That was one, one of his highlights at West Virginia. Um, and I don't think it really all came together. And, and I think it's, this is a product of both FSU's depth at the position at, at the receiver position overall. Um, and that, you know, he was going to have to battle back either way, you know, Ja'Kai Douglas hurt. So that gave him some advantage of, Hey, Ja'Kai's going to be out for you know, four to five weeks, you know, you, you'll have that inside track against a f- true freshman, Dustin Hill. Um, but like I said, he, he never really got in the groove. It seemed like with, uh, with uh, Travis um, and, and Dustin Hills looked like he's ahead of schedule um, as a true freshman and, and his body, he came in in shape. He didn't seem to be that far behind. And like I said, he made the head of a catch on Saturday and it seems like he's ready to play. Um, and at the same time, they, they've put Cape returners, back there in terms of Keon Coleman's returning kicks, uh, Deuce fans back there, Lawrence, you know, and those two are the primary kick returns right now. So it wasn't like Winston Wright was his, I don't know if he didn't feel needed fully, uh, but he also wasn't, you know, key cog in this offense to keep it going right now. So in my eyes, this isn't a huge loss for, for Fuller State. Um, and if it was his decision where he's like, maybe he can get an, an extra year and go play somewhere else. I don't know what his redshirt status will look like moving forward. Um, because I know he was a red shirt coming in, but I don't know with, with, with his playing time and, and with the injury, if he'll be able to get another year, I hope he does. Cause I, I hope that he can play somewhere else and, and have one more shot at, at a career somewhere. Um, cause there's no love loss. I don't think there's any anger towards the player. And, you know, Mike Norvell had his statements, uh, that, uh, war chant got, and I think it was a, it was a good statement by, uh, Mike Norvell in which he stated that, you know, he worked his way back. And I, I think this, this part right here was. I'm going to get, cheer for the kid forever, but no matter where you are, if you can't put it all into it, then you, you can't be with the program. So I, this makes me think that it was more so that Florida State kind of just cut ties, but at the same time, I don't want to speculate. But I wish Woods to write well, and I hope he lands on his feet somewhere and that he, he can find footing somewhere else for another year. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think you summarized it pretty well. I'm not going to reiterate that. I don't think it's going to be have a huge impact on this football team. I think the impact will be negligible, if, yeah. if that. Uh, we don't know what happened. Uh, Mike Norvell doesn't put out information like that. The university's not going to put out information. He's just not on the roster. You yeah. could read into that statement, but I think you've highlighted the statement, no matter where you are, if you can't, put all into it. Okay. Meaning there was something missing. There were pieces to his puzzle that were not there. Okay. The, and the coaching staff and, or let me say this, the university. Okay. It could have been an academic issue. You know, we often forget now since we've entered this NIL stuff, we forget that they still have to qualify academically. I'm not suggesting that's what happened to Winston Wright. But we don't know, and we won't know. It's a privacy matter. Here's what we do know. He's not on the football team, and he's not contributing to this team anymore. So we do wish him the best of luck. Yeah. Um, uh, comment here. Moosh says, Winston Wright did not, did not have to leave. If only Travis had thrown the ball to him a little bit more instead of Johnny and Coleman almost every time. I mean, I mean, yeah, but there's a lot, you know, mooshing. There's a lot of receivers on this roster could make the same complaint. There's running backs on this roster could make the same complaint. Everybody wants to see the ball. That's the problem when you have a really good football program. When you're a top 10 football program year in and year out, you've got guys competing. Okay. And that's how it is at the next level. Yeah. You're competing for snaps. And in this case, he was the man out, but he elected to leave. They didn't kick him out that I can see. They didn't cut ties with him that I know of, but we don't know. Winston Wright, you are welcome to come on this program anytime and and talk about it. We'll we'll be glad to talk about it with you and air it out. All you have to do is contact us. There's there's only two primary receivers in terms of their position being a receiver that have over five receptions this season. There, there's to your point, a lot of mouths to feed running backs, oh, tight yeah. ends, you know, um, and he was seventh in terms of receptions um, above him are Trey Benson, Morlock, Bell, Toa Philly, Wilson, Coleman. There, There's, and then below him are guys like Darian Williamson who are trying to break through Marquise and Douglas Hill, Rodney Hill, yeah, Hill, I know. Hills, uh, Preston Daniels, Deuce Span, 
Hakeem, you know, there's, like you said, a lot of talent on this roster. And if you're a senior like he is, you know, I believe he's a uh, redshirt senior. Um, it's it's got to be tough, like you said, to be buried like that. Um, but it's to that point, Florida State really, you know, they haven't overly utilized that slot position right now. And that could be a whole other, a whole other topic, whether or not you know, uh, that, that, that slot position could be looked at more. I don't know why they aren't, to be honest with you. I think you brought up a good point. I don't know why they're not using that slot position more, you know, for uh, for uh, uh, quick cuts, 8, 10, 12-yard cuts across the middle. I really don't get that part, you know, and I think that's, that's unfortunate. But, you know, here's the last statement I'll say on this, okay, and we'll be talking about this more as the year, as season goes on. This won't be the only loss to this football team. There are guys that want to play ball, and if they don't think they can play here, either one, the coaching staff will tell them they can't play here, or two, they'll figure it themselves, and they'll leave. There will be guys leaving in a variety of ways. Yeah, and I and I, I would agree with you, Riley, on this. It, it wasn't about Keon and Johnny. It was more about Destin Hill and uh, Ja'Kai Douglas. I would agree with that, that that he was probably listed behind those two in terms of. And Douglas exactly. was back on the field now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's the point. Um, so, yeah. So, like we said, we wish Winston the best of luck. We hope he lands. He can get right. that, that extra eligibility because I don't think there's any love loss with him. And I think he's probably a good kid. And, um, and uh, yeah, we'll, we move forward. Um, so, let's dive into Syracuse. and The Orangemen come the Orange to Men. town Saturday. So, they come to – they they come we we play them just like we kind of did last year. Um, they hey, let me the say this: hot. noon kickoff suck. Well, it's it doesn't suck. Well, it doesn't suck when you're watching on TV because then you have the rest of the day to watch the it good games. Sucks for everybody else if you got to park. Yeah, well, I, I don't have to worry about it. So um, <laughs> I enjoy it because then I can watch the good games. The rest of the the rest of the I can watch Oregon and Washington at three thirty, so it works out. But uh, yeah, so Syracuse comes in at four and two, losing two straight. It's kind of like the script of last year, right? Syracuse started hot, I believe, last year the same way, um, and then they follow the same script. They start playing good teams again, and then they start to kind of fall off the cliff. Um, it's kind of the Dino Barber's playbook, um, which I think Dino Barber's is is a fine coach. I like he's just him. He, he's yeah. just in a tough spot where Syracuse doesn't want to invest in football and. Uh, you know, he just does enough not to be fired. And, um, you know, he wins six, seven games a year. And he know, and I think he knows that the admin's never going to invest in football like they do basketball. Um, well, and, he and came out of, and made a statement on that, didn't he, KB? Well, he said, you know, he he kind of, you know, said, you know, we're it's hard to have depth. I, I think his statement was it's hard I to can't. have depth. If you, you know, he said, ask us about our depth, and I'll and I'll point to the portal. Um, you guys know where they are. You know, look at Florida State. Look at Florida State right. and, and their NIL. Um, and I would and I would talk back. I would say back to Dino Barbers is that you're you're not losing out to NIL. You may be losing out to NIL, but look at your basketball program. Do you know your basketball? Syracuse has the number one transfer portal class in 2023 in basketball. So NIL and and your your basketball team is able to utilize the transfer portal effectively for for you know, that sport. And in that sport, there's a lot less, there's less, fewer players that you could pull. So you have to be, have a stronger NLI program that can offer the best package because there's a lot less talent to go around uh, more or less. And so, you know, if you, if you're, if your admin, your collectives all work together and your boosters all, you know, if they all kind of work together in line and did something similar, I bet you could retain a lot more of that talent or you could build the right facilities for, you know, basketball, not playing the carrier dome or whatever it's called now, you know, they, but they don't want to make that investment in the football program. Um, and I get it. It's expensive yeah. and Syracuse hasn't been good in a very, very long time in football, but I wouldn't blame the NIL system for why Syracuse football isn't good. I would blame your admin for not wanting to make the concessions, make the investment into football. I think that, he was, uh, I think he was uh, making a general statement that, this that the Syracuse program right now and in the, the near past as is not investing money and they're not going to invest money. Now I'll say this in a March, in a March article this year, uh, he was, he, he said, or it was written that they lost 35 players one way or the other graduation, 
they left the team, portal, whatever. They lost 35 players. They got nine players via the portal. Now, I think his point rings to what I've been saying over the summer, and maybe you have too. I believe that there are going to be teams that are in the mega conferences. They are the ones who will have the NIL money. They're the ones who will get the best players from the portal. And if you're not in a mega conference, you're going to be in, in a position of a stepping stone. You're, you're not going to be able to retain coaches. You're not going to be able to retain the best players. And you're constantly not going to be a top 10, top 15 program. And I think he's kind of alluding to that, you know, yeah. that if, yeah. if you're not willing to spend the money, because I was looking at it and we're not turning this into an NIL thing, but I think that's what he was saying. And I believe this is what's going to happen to college football. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with you too. But, but well, someone, someone in the comments of one of these articles, I believe it was, was like, yeah, exactly. Look at how, what Florida State did and how they got Jared Verse. I was like, but also look at your recruiting. Jared Verse was in your backyard in Albany, and you guys didn't even recruit him. You didn't, you know, he went to Albany because he didn't have any better offers, right? You weren't able to find that gem in the rough recruiting-wise and, and get him. He had to go to Albany. You know, you didn't see the potential in a player like that. But what we're right in your backyard. Yeah, what we don't know, we don't know if Syracuse or any other programs out there have such an extensive front office program like FSU's. FSU's front office program, which most people don't see or talk about, no. is set up like an no, NFL-type no, 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 program. No, no, that's yeah, what yeah, I'm saying. I Syracuse can't go in their fucking backyard to Albany well, that's to, to check a kid out. You know, to, that's, I, I, you know. I agree with KB. I agree with you. I'm just saying they missed it somehow. They missed it. So they either don't have people in the right position in the recruiting back room to say, hey, what about this guy? You've got to have scouts now almost across the country to let you know about ball players. That's how the NFL does it. And that's so all I'm he's they, they didn't they're not doing a good job. But here's what uh, Dino uh, Babers said about Florida State. He said, one, we're probably playing the best team in the ACC. And two, uh, this is probably one of the best football teams in the country. So he's he's not giving us any bulletin board material, that's for no, sure. No, but no. the view he put out in the statement, so I saw quoted in Syracuse news, news and media sites, he had a kind of a pessimistic view, obviously. I mean, beyond not giving bulletin board material. I think he's a nice man, but he's in a very, very tough position. Oh, yeah. No, like I said, I, like I said, he's in a tough position. He does, I think, the best with the talent he has. Um, and, and it's it's going to be like that for an extensive period of time until Syracuse decides they want to do something about it. So, well, I I think this is the key to this game. All right, it's a seventeen and a half point FSU favor right now. Okay, yeah. seventeen and a half points. I'm I'm a little surprised it's a not a little higher than that. Now, as you said, Syracuse has four wins: Colgate, Western Michigan, Purdue, which is interesting, yeah. uh, and Army. They started out 4-0, and then they hit the gauntlet. Clemson, they lost 31-14 to to a, not a great Clemson team. And then they got blown out by UNC the next week, 40-7. to They've given up 71 points in their last two games. This should be a feeding frenzy for Jordan Travis and friends, okay? Yeah. This, yeah. this is something where I believe – this is a team that they need to make, Florida State needs to make a statement against. They're vulnerable, and especially in Tallahassee. They, we should be able to take care of them. It, I felt at the Virginia Tech game, as I do about this game, KB, we're going to win the game. It's not about winning. It's about how much are we going to win by and how what is the level of dominance we're going to show the committee come playoff selection time if we keep winning? Because okay. I believe Florida State's on a bubble almost the whole season to keep proving themselves that they deserve to be in the top four. Yeah, yeah I agree. This, this should be an easy win, uh, especially how Syracuse has looked against greater competition. Their right side of their line is not very good. It has not played very good the last couple of weeks. Uh, Mark Petrie, 
uh, Jacob Bradford and, and, and Reed, these three guys right here are PFF rated the worst in terms of pass blocking on their team in the last two weeks. They have not played very well. So I expect Patrick Payton uh, and that crew to have a big day. Or if they get double blocked, then Jared Verse on the other side is going to have a, a, a great day. Jared Verse or Patrick Payton, I believe, will have multiple sacks in this game. Um, and, and the key to that, too, the reason why Syracuse the last couple of weeks has struggled is that Clemson and, and North Carolina have been able to contain uh, Schrader to being a pocket passer. The key to the key to Syracuse's success early in the season to most of these games is that he's been able to control the pocket and, and elude when he's been when he's wanted to. He wants to use his legs as part of the offense. He wants to you know use some of that RPO. He wants to you know be able to roll out. Uh, as part of their offensive playbook. But what Clemson and North Carolina did were they were able to take that out of the game plan, collapse the pocket, and, and, and just make make him his step back in, you know, make his uh, life a living hell, essentially, by collapsing the pocket at will um, and, and make him pass it. As you can see, his passing yards, under 180 yards both games, uh, and they just totally collapsed the line, controlled it from start to finish. They couldn't get anything going, whether it was running back pat, uh, running or QB, uh, quarterback running. Nothing was working. And I think just because the quality of her line and the quality, like Dino Barber said, their depth is not there. Florida State should dominate both lines of scrimmage. They should be able to run the ball at will, and they should be able to stop the run at will, which will make Schrader have to beat them with his arm, which I don't think he will will be able to do uh, on Saturday. So I, I believe that Florida State should be easily able to cover the spread. And like I said, if they aren't able to cover the spread, then we should have we will be asking more serious questions on Saturday but I think Syracuse is a step down from Virginia Tech in terms of talent, um, so I, I think they should be able to easily. Come yeah, I, yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree with you. All those comments. Schrader is the guy. Now he's been around. He's he's experienced. He's one of these guys that's in a special club. He has five thousand plus yards passing in his career. Okay, and he's rushed for fifteen hundred yards or more, and and Jordan Travis is in that club as well. So this guy, you know, if if you let him hang around, you know, he yeah. could hurt you in some ways, yeah. and and he does use his legs a little bit. Okay, but we've had we've struggled a little bit on Saturday. We gave up some chunk yardage there uh, on some plays uh, with the quarterback running. Okay, so we have to be able to handle that situation now they have a defensive back that you know I, i'll be interested to kind of watch a little bit a guy named justin Barron. you know he's kind of one of their better guys in the secondary apparently he makes some big plays now and then uh so other than that uh, this team should be handled very easily i looked at the national stats on them the thing that stood out the most is syracuse has been converting third downs okay they're ranked 17th in the country on third down conversions, but that could have been in the first four games when they played nobody. Uh, but we're ranked 77th in third down conversions. We did better okay. last week. Last week we, we did very well. We were more balanced last week. So that was an interesting statistic. Red zone, when we get into the red zone, we're at 100%. We're ranked, we're tied with number one with several other teams. At we, we've been in there 20 times and we've scored 20 times. Four of them were like field goals, the rest were touchdowns. Uh, the red zone for Syracuse is uh, they 27 attempts, 22 conversions on that rank number 80. So they have more problems as they get down into that uh, into that red zone area. Shouldn't should not be a, a big deal for FSU to handle. They want to win this game. They want to beat the spread as much as possible, and they want to get out without any significant injuries. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and just for reference, uh, third downs last week uh, against UNC, Syracuse was four of eleven, uh, and then the week before they were seven or nine of seventeen against Clemson. So, I mean, they were still they're still efficient uh, against Clemson. You know, they were almost above fifty percent against UNC. You know, uh, ten of nineteen, they're above fifty percent again. Um, so they are they are efficient. Uh, uh, a team on third down once again. Some of those could have been garbage time. Um, Oh, sorry, they were four of eleven, so a little bit less uh, efficient last week. So uh, it's more about you know they're gonna. I, I bet they'll move the ball some, uh, but like you said, if you contain Schrader's legs and make him become a, a passer, you will easily win this game. 
it's all about containment with him. He has not been efficient passing the ball this season at all. You look at his stats, you look at his figures this year. He has not been efficient with the ball in his hand as a passer. He has almost as many interceptions as he does uh, touchdowns this year passing the ball. But on the flip side, he has almost 400 yards rushing the ball uh, in seven-plus touchdowns, I believe it is, uh, with his legs. So he is a more than capable runner, as we all know, or we should know by now. And he almost leads the team in rushing by himself. So we need to be able to connect slate. It's going to be key for Farmer verse to not over-pursue on the edge. And as, as much important for a, to, a Bethune, Deloach, Nicholson, if Nicholson's on the field like he was a lot last week, yeah. I think they're I think they're kind of snap counting Bethune last week. Um, he only played a lot on special teams, but I think it's going to be very important for them to back up the the defensive line to make sure they contain this kid because if they contain him early and make him pass, I, I believe this defensive backcourt is going to get a couple of interceptions off Schrader. So yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be very interested to watch the interior line because on on Saturday against Virginia Tech when I was there, I'll tell you that Braden Braden Fisk is really impressive to me. This guy was throwing guys aside and pursuing the quarterback. I mean, with great speed, just barely missing him on a couple, but really putting pressure on that quarterback. He's been very, very impressive. Uh, Briggs, uh, Malcolm Ray, these guys, that defensive line has very high uh, 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 potential to get better as this season goes on. And this should be a game where they really kind of stand out, you know, because you can't double block everybody. So yeah. I agree with your comments there. FSU, as a side note, has won the last seven that they've played at Doak against Syracuse. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the only the other guy to watch on uh, Syracuse who broke sort of broke out last year and some of the message boards for uh, Syracuse, I know they're looking to see this guy break out. And he's actually a local kid in my area is uh, Umari Hatcher. Uh, he went to Freedom High School. Um, he is a 6'3", pro, uh, 6'3 player receiver. Um, he had almost 100 yards last week. Uh, he was the only kind of shining spot for the team last year. It'll be interesting to see how he matches up with our defensive backs, who, who, which side he lines up on for them and who who marks up on him, whether it's uh, Cypress or, or Renardo Green. It'll be interesting to see who marks him this weekend, if they can shut him down. But he's, he's really the only offensive playmaker outside of Schrader in my eyes. Um, who maybe give us some concerns because he's the biggest receiver, playmaking receiver I see on their team that that could potentially give us problems on the outside with his height. Um, and last week he 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 gave UNC a little concern, but that was a blowout, so it's hard to say. Yeah, let's let's give a shout out as you and I had talked during the week to our defensive backs, especially some of the young guys that have really been stepping up. I mean, the hit by Conrad Hussey. This guy's coming a long way in a short period of time. He has just super potential written all over him. And then you got uh, 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 Azera Thomas. Thomas looks like a next-level guy. Uh, I mean, we've got a, a number. I think there's a number of good guys in this defensive secondary who are going in and playing roles. They're not starting, but they're going in and playing valuable roles on this team so shout out to those defensive backs too yeah no they've been they've been playing good like i said i think the only one i've, I've had my concerns with is uh Fentrell. i think sometimes he 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 gets beat or he doesn't finish tackles but like you said i i think uh conrad i think he has a very very solid future uh on this team a really great future bernardo green for a senior i i think he's been shut down for a lot of the year he's played very well very very well um and i don't think he gets a lot of credit for for what he's done this year so so shout out to him uh a comment here even for a basketball team naps carmel anthony's son because i think carmel is going to be at the game this this weekend because his son is is a highly recruited uh obviously talent um, why would he, he come have- to florida state basketball then if he's highly recruited i because Florida State still does have some pull, uh, regardless of last season. Um, <laughs> this year, with Hamilton be gone regardless? Um, well, I yes. Think, I think yes. If, if Florida State only wins one, you know, nine or ten games again, they're going to struggle. State has to be gone, and I do think Florida I think State it's his last year of his contract, right? 
I think so. And I think Florida State will struggle again this year in basketball. Well, I, I and mean, I think if, they'll go get, they should go get Dennis Gates if they can out of Missouri okay. if he would be willing to come back. But Okay. And while we're on this, just for a second, Melo's son comes here. He's going to come because one, he could be a starter. And two, there's an NIL bag probably in it. And uh, they're willing to invest in this kid. I don't know. I don't know anything about his son at this point. I haven't really started doing my basketball stuff, but we're gonna do we're gonna do basketball stuff later. Yeah, no, uh, he he's I think he's a top forty recruit. Um, he he's sure. gonna have his choice of of multiple schools from Florida State to Michigan. He he's he's gonna have uh, his his choice. So uh, it'll be a battle for him. But I I, I do think uh, it's gonna be hard to uh, keep Leonard Hamilton in the uh, yeah yeah in position. So, uh, but good question there. Good question there. Um, okay. Yeah, so I think that'll do it. We're picking. We're picking. No, 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 no. I got some games for the weekend. Uh, Don't shut us down yet. Okay, okay. Let's go over a few games for the weekend, KB, and just quickly. We're not going to spend a lot of time on these. Okay. Hey, last week, who was it? Dilly Dillingham got beat again by Coach Prime. Isn't that Dillingham's team, Arizona State? They're one and four. Yeah, he's going to get fired. No, I mean, not. it's his first year, and they have a bowl ban. They can't even play for the postseason. How do you, oh, how I'm do you sorry. I, like look, that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Coach Prime's first year, and that team last year won one game, okay. and he's already you know got like four wins. how hard it would be to recruit and motivate a team that can't play for anything at the end of the year? Well, how, how, how would you recruit for that? And it's not even his fault. It's Herm Edwards' fault. Okay. The All right. violations. All right. Here we and go. So how, yeah. Yeah. Good luck motivating <laughs> kids for that season. Here, here we go. Yeah. Colorado's playing Stanford. And uh, uh, Stanford is uh, is down. Uh, uh, it's uh, Stanford and 11 points. Would you take Stanford and 11 points? No, I wouldn't. Colorado's the favorite. Huh? Yeah, I, I can see why. I'll pick Colorado. Stanford's no good. You'll take Colorado. Wow. Colorado wins another game. It's going to be unbelievable. Okay. Texas A&M versus Tennessee Vols. We got uh, Coach Jimbo Fisher. And, you know, this is a – they're giving Texas A&M three and a half points. I'll take – I'll take Tennessee. Yeah. Okay. And it's at Tennessee, I believe. So that'll be a kind of a fun game to watch because Jimbo will be going crazy. I'll take Tennessee. Okay. We got an in-state. Florida plus two versus South Carolina. So we Florida is the underdog, and they're giving them two points. Florida, South I, I, I have not made myself watch any Florida games this year. You know, South Carolina has been so bad and so inconsistent. I'm not sure where this game is. I forgot where it is. It's in but South it's, Carolina. It's almost like Billy Napier and the Gators need to win this game. You know, because this isn't a powerful South Carolina team. If if Florida loses this game, that's not going to be a good sign for the Napier administration. Like, uh, I'm going to take South Carolina. I think they okay. have to. They need to win this game. Yeah, it's it's, it's for Shane Beamer. It's, you know, two coaches on the hot they seat. They were they were hyped coming into this season, and they they've underperformed too. So yeah, they've underperformed. Okay, a good game to keep your eye on. Oregon and Washington, and Washington's the favorite. They're giving Oregon three points. Would you take Oregon in three? I think this is the game of the weekend. Because you know Oregon has no defense. I don't know. I don't know that no, much about Oregon. Ha- what do you mean Oregon has no defense? Have, oh, that was USC. No, no, no. That was USC. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was yeah. USC. So I'm taking Oregon. I'm taking Oregon with the three points. Okay. I think, I think Washington has a slightly better offense, but um, I think. Oregon what time is that game on? Three thirty. Okay, that's it. That's going to be a good game. That's going to be this, a really good game. I think that, one, I think the team that wins this will be in the championship game. I honestly think that. Yeah, because they're both top five teams, right? No, top ten. Top ten. Top 10. Okay, the then you get. Uh, granted, I believe the team that wins this game will surpass Florida State in the rankings. If probably State doesn't cover the spread. Probably. If Florida yeah. State doesn't cover the spread this yeah. weekend. Either or if Oregon and Washington wins it, whoever wins this game, I believe will surpass them in the rankings. Because when the I'm committee, crazy. I just think no, so. when the committee starts looking at schedules and results, they're going to look at this Oregon Washington game. Oh, they're not going to look at Florida State versus Syracuse. Okay. Except how did we beat them? How did we beat Virginia Jack? How did we beat Syracuse? You got to beat you got to beat them but well. If, but if we beat them by if we beat them by the spread, if we beat them by 25, 28 points, I think we'll say where we are. I think. 
Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. But if we squeak by and win by ten, yeah, yeah, I think then we would get passed by Oregon. Right, and maybe rightfully so. Okay, then you have an interesting game. Louisville is at the top of the ACC. Okay, okay. Well, they're like three and zero, four and zero. They're playing Pittsburgh. Okay. Pittsburgh. It's only a seven point and a half points for Pittsburgh. No, it's not. It's for Louisville, seven and a half. No, no, that's what I'm saying. You would take Pitt in seven and a half. No, Louisville's yeah. the favorite, but yeah. only by seven and a half yeah. points. It makes no sense. I'll, I'll take Louisville all day. I don't get that. Do you? I, I. Why would they hurt? Unless somebody's hurt that I don't know about, then I like would the quarterback. Them. You know, I don't know. I, I don't. I there. Someone must be hurt, or I there's something I don't know about Pittsburgh. But I or would. Or Farb came back and he's got one year and he's joined Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, yeah. Or James Conner has. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, know. James Conner's career. Now here's the next game of interest. I'm probably going to be flicking on. You know, YouTube TV has that where you can watch four games at once, which is pretty cool. Yes. This is actually pretty cool. Okay, USC and Notre Dame. USC is the underdog, likely because of their defense sucks so bad, and uh, they're giving them three points. Would you take Notre Dame? Um, Sam Workman. No, no, Notre Dame doesn't have an offense. Sam Hartman. Yeah, he's struggling. Uh, he is very much struggling. Um, and I may, predict, I may have predict, predicted that right. Um, he is not adjusting well to uh, – They've only lost one game. They've lost two games. What are you talking about? Oh, they have? Yes. Okay. They've lost two weeks in a row, I believe. Did they? Yes. They yeah, two every other week they've lost. Ohio State. Well, since I was at the Florida State game, they don't give the scores of any other games. You know, they have no offense. Look, they've scored 14 points, 21 points, and 20 points. They have no offense. Sam Mm. Hartman's not lighting it up. Like I Well, why why are they the favorite then over USC? I don't know. I would pick USC all because they're at home. That's why. I would pick, but I would pick USC all day. Okay. Okay. I got one last one. Got one last one, which would be kind of fun to look in at. The only, the only reason Notre Dame may win this game is because they may be able to run the ball down USC's throat, but I, I, I'd still pick USC. Okay. Last one. Last one. Miami versus UNC, North Carolina. And Miami is the underdog. They're giving them three and a half points. Well, UNC should blow out Miami, but if for some reason UNC UNC is on fraud alert if they lose this game, because if they lose this game, especially with uh, Tez back and Tez looked really good last weekend in his first game. Uh, well, he's been practicing even though he you know, wasn't it's different playing. Than that game. It's right, still right, right. Should get for game really yeah. well in his first game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, UNC should blow the doors off of them. Um, I think I would take UNC by 10 plus, but I, I'll take UNC. Well, if it comes down to a final play with 20 seconds yeah. left, that they, what did you think of that? Give a comment, the kneel down. I don't, <laughs> I just love how there was that coach that they, who was like, kneel the ball, and they just dismissed yeah. them. And, and like the, the two coaches there are like, calling this complex play into the quarterback. I'm like, what the hell are they calling? Like, how is it that complex to call? First of all, a running play with 30 seconds left. But second of all, why is it that complicated just to say to kneel the ball with 36? And if I'm the quarterback, why am I not questioning the call? Like with 30 seconds left, shouldn't I have control over what the play call is if we're up and there's 30 seconds left? Like, I feel like that's not even a question. KB, KB, that's not all that you mean the quarterback. Yeah. Why is the quarterback questioning, like, shouldn't I just audible out of this and just kneel the ball? Like, it, it, okay, here's, like here's, the, here's the deal. At the end of the game. Did you watch the post-game presser with Cristobal? Yeah, he threw his quarter of running back under the bus. He, he threw said, everybody. We, 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 right? we. He didn't step up. He's the head coach. He can overrule anything. He had his headset on. Doesn't he see what's happening? What the hell was he thinking about? Was he thinking about where is he going to go for dinner after the big victory and get a steak? I mean, he should have stepped to the mic. This is where I lost respect for him. He should have stepped to the mic and said, I, not we, and it's not, we told him to hold on to the ball. No shit. He should have said, I am totally responsible. I should have overruled when I heard that, what the play was going to be. I could have called timeout, had timeout, and get it straightened out. I didn't do that. It is on me. 
I take full responsibility. He did not say it that no, way. No, no. And I don't know how I, as a player, what, what regardless of his athletics or business, it's if, if someone makes a colossal mistake like that and they threw you into that situation and then they throw the mistake on you, I don't know how you, as that player, could like look that person in the face and trust them going forward. Because, like, what other scenarios are going to happen where? They're gonna throw the dirt back on you again. Like that's hard. Like I would lose credibility out well, they, of the person as a leader. And and then Miami fans are saying, well, like, oh, that shouldn't have been a fumble in the first place because his knee was down. But that, that doesn't matter because that's what the refs call. It, it, well, and that's it, also it, let me finish. Yeah. Let me finish. Yeah. But this is all this is also why I say Florida State fans shouldn't worry about refs because refs are making bad calls all over every game so stop worrying about rest. i know yes, all they no were brand, hitting on twitter there's all, no grand all. conspiracy against floor state i know with the rest good rest point terrible calls good point in every damn game so stop worrying about the rest yeah but second of all is that to throw that back on the player I, I, as the player, could never look Mario Cristobal in the face and, and trust that man. Whoa, whoa. Uh, my, okay. With my career, with my my growth as a player, my development, I, I just I, – I feel bad KB, for that kid. I feel KB, bad for that kid. wouldn't you agree what I just said, the coach should have done at the microphone and then followed up with going to the kid who fumbled and to your quarterback and to your offensive line and everybody and saying, uh, it's on me. It's no, the whole I, thing is on me. I'm sure I don't did. think he did I'm that. Sure he did behind. He didn't do it door. at the mic. That's, he didn't do it the at the mic. I'm sure he said what he said. He did the thing at the mic, but behind closed doors, he said it to the kid, which is I probably more two faced. That's the worst way to do it. It's yeah. to say make a public statement, said throw him on the bus behind the closed doors. Hey man, I got you. That's more two faced than doing the right thing, which is taking blame in front of and, the cameras and, and, and then and going the, to him. And then on Monday at the next presser, you come out or, do, or or separately, you send out a statement protecting your team, protecting your kid, and saying it was my fault. Exactly. Period. And End of story. Less, but he would have been less on Mario if he would have actually done that because people make mistakes, people f up. But I, th- I think the worst part is, is that he has a history of making doing this decision, which still doesn't make any sense. And I think, well, and he still hasn't explained that why he consistently. I think every game this, they said they showed someone showed on X is that every game this season they've ended games like this. They've never kneeled, so it's either like an ego thing, or I don't know what it is. But every game this year they've oh, led, stupid, and they they close out the game running the ball. They've never done a victory formation kneeled it. Any stupid. game this year. Stupid. It, so it's, it's, I don't know if it's, it's an stupid. ego thing or it's like, we're in Miami and we're going to, you know, we're going to, we don't, we st- keep playing to the final whistle. I don't well, know. It, well, it's, if it's, it's an ego stupid. thing, then throw the damn ball long, you know, fake it into the middle, throw it long. But no, it's just stupid football, yeah. stupid football. But you know what it does? It puts more pressure on Florida State to make sure they beat the hell out of Miami when they come to Tallahassee, which, guess what? I will be there again in the parking, but I have a parking thing for the Tucker Center. Now we'll see how that shit works, but it does put pressure on Florida state to beat this team big time. Could you imagine being in the doke and, and getting beat by Mario? Well, I I think, I think they just got to beat them. And hopefully the fans will be yelling knee, knee, (laughs) knee. I'm sure there'll be some signs and T-shirts. I'm sure those are already printed uh, uh, for game day. But, uh, yeah, that'll do it, guys. So we're taking the spread. A lot of good games this weekend. Uh, I found that – I don't know if you guys have, but it's it's actually nice having the Pac-12 network for the late – I was watching the yeah. the, US, the USC game last weekend until 2 a.m. with that overtime game. The yeah. US, I, I, I've never watched so much USC football. Those games are fun because they just score 60 points every game. And they have no defense, so it's a shootout. Those games are so fun to watch because there's no defense, but Caleb Williams can score. He is unbelievable. He, he that guy's so fun to watch. I mean, yeah. he's probably going to win the Heisman just because he has to score for them to win. Right. Um, that guy's that guy's unbelievable. And you know what? I think he's operating behind an offensive line that's not better they're than not, average. They're not. You know? He, I, don't, I don't think yeah. he has – and he doesn't have, like, the most elite – like, he has good weapons around him, but I don't know if he has necessarily, like, a like a Marvin uh, 
uh, the kid at Ohio State, Marvin Harrison Jr. Jerry Rice's kid is pretty good. Jerry, you're right. Jerry the, the Rice's receiver. kid is is good. He is good. You're right. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, imagine him with a Keon Coleman or like he, you know, there, there's, you know, so uh, no, he's good. I also like, uh, you know, who has been playing really good is um, the kid from LSU that we played, uh, Jalen uh, or Jaden um, Daniels. Yeah, Jaden Daniels. That guy. He's playing really good too. Watching LSU the past couple of weeks too. Like he talk about a kid who's playing behind like that defense is horrible too. LSU's defense is bad, really bad. <laughs> like there are some bad defenses in college football right now. So uh, I and that makes me and, and I harp on our defense sometimes, but there are some really bad defenses out there. We should be maybe lucky that uh, ours is competent right now. So. Uh, but uh, yeah, so enjoy the games this weekend. You point out some good ones. Um, let us know what your primetime matchups are this weekend and uh, who you're picking. And uh, yeah, we'll be back this weekend with a post-game reaction either after the game or on Sunday or Monday. We'll keep you posted. And uh, yeah, enjoy Saturday's game and uh, we'll see you soon. Uh, stay safe out there. Have a great rest of your week. And uh, we'll see you all soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye. Go Knowles.